Happy Dad is available at a lot of your local bars and restaurants. You might even find it at some saloons. If you've enjoyed a Happy Dad, then you know it goes well with your burger, your wings, pizza, and steak. <laughs> People in California eat it with their sushi, too. Go to happydad.com find to find a bar or restaurant near you so you can watch the games with the boys while enjoying an ice-cold daddy drink. The ladies love it as well. If your bar doesn't carry Happy Dad, then ask them to call their distributor to stock up. You can't have a burger with that skinny can, can you? It's time to man up and drink Happy Dad. We're going to start off with a little game of superlatives, right? I'm going to read some, uh, some superlatives off, and you tell me which QB best fits this description. Okay, okay I love this. And this is right now, okay? okay? Most fun quarterback to watch, for whatever reason. Uh, for me right now, it's C.J. Stroud. Uh, just the, the the fact that he's come in as a rookie and like it's transferred over the pureness. Um, like I, I think he's reminded me even in the job that I'm in now, like, dude, if you can throw it, like you can throw it. And that's the, always going to be like the most important thing. Uh, his pre-snap plan, post-snap execution is really fun to watch. Um, and just some of the, 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 just the pure spin of the ball is, is really cool. I agree. He'd be up there for me too. And I want to give you this. This is more for ammo later for your other job besides coming on our show. Um, there's a person who's not getting any credit for CJ Stroud right now, and he wouldn't want any. That's quarterback coach Gerard Johnson. You all three of us know sometimes the quarterback mm -hmm. coach has no effect on the success that you're having. <laughs> like yeah. they're just in the room with the clicker. Yeah. That's not the case. Gerard Johnson, I played with him in Chicago. Okay. Gonna lead 11 with me for years. That guy deserves a lot of credit. Next one, most underrated. Um, uh, most underrated guy right now watching. Um, 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 I'm going to say Sam Howell. I, I think, um, you know, it, it's not perfect, but I think like a couple things with Howell, two of the things that I did not like when I saw part of it coming out of college. And then again, earlier this year was like not dealing with pressure. Well, not having a plan. Who's the hot, uh, when blitz comes in, like, he would get to the top of his drop in the pocket and just hang out there and very like uh, stressing his offensive line too much. So in that regard, I've seen really good growth in the last like two or three weeks. And again, he's only started like 10 or 11 games. So that, and dude, he is so aggressive with the football. Like it, so it, that, aggressive. it's so aggressive. It's like, Hey, there's a 20 yard in route. I'm throwing it. And you know, obviously he'll have to learn that balance um, of like, hey, when to and when not to be aggressive. But I think like the, his just natural ability to be aggressive and, and make really difficult throws uh, is not getting talked about enough. I love it. And I know we don't always know what the call is and what the options are for a quarterback. I watch, you know, a lot of people every week as well on all 22. But uh, pre-snap, who's the best problem solver? Joe Burrow. You know, Joe Burrow is uh, – honestly, Jordan, like if you asked me most of these questions, I could easily say Joe. Um, but I, I think Joe has this great understanding. And that's one of the reasons why he plays so fast is like, you know, Gary Kubiak said this to me as a player when I was with him. He's like, sometimes the bear wins, man. And I think Joe's got that great understanding of like, oh, this is the play call and maybe we're not going to get to something different. It's not a great call versus a defense right now. I'm just going to do this with the ball or – you know, this is the type of pressure that's coming or this is the coverage that's happening. And I think he's just got this really good plan pre-snap of like, 
I know what the answer is to your guys' question. Yeah, it's like it's it. tough. And we and we played against them last week and just sitting on the sideline and even watching it, right? Your defense is out there for I think our time of possession in the first half was like 22 minutes to eight minutes for us. Yes. And just the frustrating like third down, right? Okay, let's heat them up on this look. Okay, I got my corner out versus inside leverage man. Easy. Yep. Let's throw it three and a hitch. We're done. Okay, let's play soft cover two. Corner gets deep. I'll just dump my flat out for three yards. Be be disciplined. It's just that wears on a team and wears on a defense. And it, it really did for us last Sunday. It was yeah. it's fun to watch, but it was it was tough for myself. Yeah, it's almost like the ball always goes to the right place, it feels like. Yep. You know, it's oh yep. the ball always that's why I like for me, I never say like make good decisions. I can make good decisions, like make the right one. And he always seems mm-hmm. to make the right decision. Yeah. Yeah. The simple way I describe that is you see the entire board. Yeah. Right. Just like I uh, what we're doing, what they're doing, I see the whole board. Yeah. Um from last year to this year, most improved. Um, last year to this year, most improved. I'll say this, Trevor Lawrence for me, um, in two, two different ways. I think Trevor came into the, to the end to the NFL with a ton of hype and he's the best guy since Andrew Luck and all that stuff. And then the first year, well, we don't talk about that, but even last year there was moments where I would sit there and be like, dude, you are a unbelievable athlete. Please use that more. And there's been improvement in that. Like, I feel like he's gotten into that conversation of the Joes and the Patrick and Josh Allen and the Mar of like, you know, three or four times a game, he's going to like bury you with his legs. And, and that improvement of, of understanding that I've loved. And then I think he's finally been like, realized like how talented he is in a way for me. You know, like he's made some adult big boy throws this season, you know, against. Yes. Going two weeks ago, the whole shot to um, ETN is just off the charts good. The, Unbelievable throw. Yeah, yeah. just like I, well, that's one of those where I'm like, I wouldn't even entertain throwing that ball. When you, you think know? about it, you're like, oh, man, that corner's kind of falling off. Like maybe yeah. we throw it to him. I'm like, you yeah. don't throw it, though. Yeah. No way. Yeah. No way. Yeah. And then he had this giant in route versus Calvin uh, versus cover two, and he like kind of no looks and, and rips it versus – that driving safety. And I, I think those like for me, improvement wise, I've always thought he's smart, get all, but just stepping into the role of like being a guy, being a dude, being a difference maker, being the reason why your team wins. I, I I've seen the improvement in that. I love it. Uh, last one. Um, the best backup in the league, this, cause you go different directions with this. Outside of Kyle? Seen a lot of different things. Yeah. Outside, outside of, of Kyle. Of course. Outside outside of Kyle. Me. I mean, the easy answer. Um, right? yeah. yeah. Uh, best backup in the NFL. Um, so many different situations where I could go to with that one. You know what? I, I want to just take 30 seconds to give love to a guy. How about, I was talking about this the other day, Blaine Gabbert. I mean, Blaine Gabbert into the NFL, big draft pick. You stink. You can't play. You're a bust. You should never, all of a sudden, he's a Super Bowl champion. He's on another team this year that's probably going to contend for one. He's played for, it feels like 10 or 12 years. Like, I just, I think that should be celebrated a little bit for a guy that went through some difficult times early on. I love that answer. I backed him up in Jacksonville. The growth and maturity. Yeah. For him, I I mean, it. it's the most I've ever seen. I'm not, I'm not even talking about football. He could always spin it. He was always 6'5". He ran 4'5". I mean, he was always, you watch him throw in a workout. There's not that many people you're going to write down and say, I like this guy better than that guy in that no, workout. It's just not. Like, yeah. Back then or now. Okay. I'm just telling you, and he's fast as shit too. But the maturity, 
right? Okay. Was, was just not there. And then yeah. he was in Arizona with my brother and it, like, it sounded like it had been heading in the right direction. Um, and you got to know that you got to assume that Chad Henney leaving and retiring, who was with, who was in that room with us too. Sure. You know, if I'm going to leave, Hey, I recommend this. Plus he's got the background. You know, it is when you play behind a Brady, totally. like you're, you're more valuable than yeah. not at your next stop. Yeah. So whether you're Matt Castle, Jarrett Stidham or Blaine Gabbert, like you're, your your value proposition has increased yeah uh because you've been around winning so i love i love that answer i think another um, another underrated answer too was case keenum who isn't necessarily uh, the, the two but the three and i think you've talked about this i've seen other people talk about it about how important he's been to that room for a guy like cj and i think um to answer. have a vet in the room i think you see it a lot of the times around the league where there's young quarterbacks without a vet in the room i think you're just putting them at such a such a heavy disadvantage you're not helping them at all. You basically got there's a couple rooms in the league where you got a couple guys trying to figure it out with a combined three or four starts, you know. And yeah. I think you're putting them at heavy disadvantage. And I think that's a good segue into we want to talk about some other quarterbacks on the league. And you, this was your first answer about CJ Stroud, and you watch more tape than anybody, right? So we're gonna get your opinions on some of these guys. But when I watch tape on CJ, his timing is incredible. His understanding of NFL concepts is incredible. His the way he just throws the ball is like it's top 10 in the league and i know a lot of people are saying right he's in the mvp race right now rightfully so when you're watching tape on him what really jumps out to you the most and, yeah. and i was in houston last year too and the whole organization and and how, how bad it was last year is for him to be coming out of that and, and playing as well as he is is insanely impressive so i'm you've probably watched more tape on yeah. him than anyone in this circle right now i'm interested to see what you have to say so a hundred percent he should be in the mvp conversation 100 percent. that's not this hot take uh, here, here's a couple of reasons why i don't think anybody's running away with the mvp right now in the nfl there's guys mm -hmm. that are in that conversation so just to context that point, okay, and I, I want my numbers to be accurate here, but I think they're pretty good. So they had the number two pick in the draft, okay? Houston did. They're four and four. It's really hard to do. You guys know that. They're four and four. Yeah. He's seventh in the NFL when it comes to yards per game. He's third in the NFL when it comes to yards per attempt. He's number one in the NFL when it comes to interceptions. He's like fifth in the NFL or fourth in the NFL when it comes to touchdowns. He's seventh in the NFL when it comes to completion percentage. So like the, the tape, the numbers, the situation, all match being in that conversation. Um, a couple of things that I, I find like super interesting that it, it's happened like so seamlessly for CJ. I think number one, because best pure passer coming out of the draft, and we knew that. Um mm -hmm. The Georgia game carried over when it come, came to escaping. You, you know, like that was the big question. And I, I kind of said it like there's there's the guys that are creators at that position athletically and there's guys that are escapers. You only need to be an escaper in the NFL nowadays. You mm -hmm. do not need to be a creator. If you're an elite thrower and an elite thinker, you just need to be an escaper. So that's absolutely showed up. He, he's gotten himself out of bad situations protection-wise. Number two, um, just knowing what to do with the ball – when number one isn't there, the, the one to two, that, that processing that I, I, like, I know what the defense is and I know what, what I want to do with the ball, but if you don't do what I'm expecting you to do as a defense, that's shown up. Um, I think his understanding of like how to look off guys and, and kind of um, like the pace of his drop married to what the pass concept is and what the defense is doing has also been remarkable. You know, like if mm -hmm. you go back and go to that double move, the stutter go to Tank Dell the other day, 
he like pump fakes and like sells his body yep. that he's throwing the curl and also throws the go almost simultaneously. You know, like unbelievable the, anticipation. Yeah, the corner just, was six yards deep. Still, like totally, he was, and he was back. No wasted movement. You know, and so and, and like I think that his pocket, um, the efficiency within the pocket, and then his stroke is just so. Yes. Now, 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 um, and he just hasn't made mistakes with the football. You know, he just yes. It's it's been everything that you want quarterback play wise. He's done. Yeah, I would I would agree, and I think the the timing and i think what you said the the escape thing is a very interesting take and i completely believe that and we talk about joe a lot we'll go back to joe joe in our game on sunday escaped four man pressures he knew it was man it's the yeah. same thing right here's my number one read in man if it's not there i might not have great checkdowns in man right now yep but i know if i get a seam i'm out and he did yep. that three or four times and i see cj doing that and i think it's one of the hardest things to do everyone says just go progression one to two to three it's easy it's right on the paper right but it is tough to go from one to two and find a check down and have a real plan. And yeah, CJ has been incredible. I, I agree with everything you just said. For the sake of time, we're going to jump ahead to one here. Will Levis, I uh, saw what you posted yesterday. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I've spent the last two years with Will Levis. Um, at, at getting named the starter moving forward. Um, what do you, if you're the GM, what do you need to see? Because we, I heard what you had said about him and what's impressive and all that. But looking forward. You know, it's a second round pick. It's not, it's different than being the second overall pick from an investment standpoint and a commitment standpoint. What do you need to see through the rest of the year with Will um, where you just feel super comfortable moving into this off season and, uh, and don't need to address anything in that room? Yeah, I think kind of some of the stuff that has shown itself a little bit, like that recognition, that's been nice. Um, the different throws, you know, he's got such that talented arm. I think that subtle pocket movement. I'll say this, um, like, I think he's smart enough. Teams are going to start to get, you know, clues of like, hey, you know, he wants to push the ball downfield, so we got to force him to be patient. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, how is he going to handle different pressures? And what's his – he had some hots last week. Um, this goes back a little bit to me, and these are always like different um, awkward situations, but I do think they're good conversations, guys. So I fell victim of, to, of this with Justin Fields coming out of school. You know, I, I had heard something about Justin – and I had kind of expressed, like, I heard this. I was on Mac with McAfee, and it became like this just whirlwind of, like, you're an idiot, whatever. Um, and like you guys know, like, as, as you kind of are around more and whatnot, I had heard stuff about Will through the draft process that was so abnormal to what, like, Jordan, you know him better than I do, but, like, I, I had kind of uh, known or expected about him. And you always, like, cautious of sharing that or expressing that you know and heard like oh he was, he was nervous in interviews or frantic in those interviews and like I would be very interested if I was the general manager to see if that is a reality or not and I don't know because I'm not there but like how does he handle this next two months where it's going to be difficult 
they, they might not win a ton of games. Um, there might be struggles on offense. Um, there's going to be some difficult moments. He's going to play like crap. I, mm-hmm. I would be interested to see like how he handles that when it come, came to maybe some of the rumors during the draft process. Um, and, and just as far as like, can he be that guy, that, that CEO of the billion dollar company? I think that would be really interesting to pay attention to. And then again, like, how does he handle pressures? How patient can he play? Um, you know, Jordan, I don't know if you've seen this, and Kyle, like, there is a little bit of a hitch at the top of his drop sometimes when he's trying to, like, get a guy to move. Like, yeah, he's pumping a lot. Yeah. It's, so it's interesting. Like, yeah. I, that's not probably going to survive a long time doing that, you know? So can he be as effective without doing that? That would be something I'd be paying attention to as well. Yeah, I think fluidity is going to be a bit the name of the game moving yeah, forward. Yeah, that's a good way to say um, it. And it happens with powerful, twitchy athletes. It does. Yeah. Whether that's an incredible athlete, like he's a he's a, a very high-end, powerful, like, you know, during draft prep, we do the, the, the force output tests, right? Does that mean you're good or bad at quarterback? No, it has nothing to do with it. But he's like the highest force output <laughs> out of any of the people there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when people that put that, and I trained a kid named Bryson Barnes at Utah, who's not as powerful but he's but he's very powerful for his size and so a lot of times that tension comes with that yeah and and that with that twitchiness so the increasing fluidity where i would say cj stroud is, does not appear to be a powerful guy but he's very very fluid so yeah. fluid you know what i mean Unbelievably fluid. and so yeah. it, it's a it's a uh, a balance how do you promote that jordan things. like how do you how do you how do you get more fluidity or how do you what's the process of it so I think it moves down tension. So you go to these like elite 11s, these where these kids are, and everyone wants to show up and throw the ball as hard as they can. And you can see their, if I can see their traps through your shirt, right? That, that tension is going to go down in your body. There's some physiological stuff that goes with that. So not as simple as relax your traps, but when tension's up top, it's going to go work all the way down your body. I even hear about it. We, you know, you have young, young boys. I have young boys like, um, like kids will carry their tension in their neck, yeah. you know, just to not to get too deep here, but like, and so that, and it comes from stress and anxiety, but that works the way down your body. So I think with quarterbacks, the first thing we start with is, is tension in the upper body and then how they're using the ground. If you're bouncing on your toes and you're twitchy and explosive, then you're going to be off the ground a lot. You know what I mean? Just cause you're twitchy and explosive. And so feeling connected to the ground and re- releasing tension up top mm. is two things where you don't tell them to do it. You have to build a pattern of putting them through, you know, like anything, if I teach somebody, we learn a pattern, execute it correctly, and then we add resistance and that to strengthen the pattern. Yeah. And then we add tempo and then we put it in a competitive setting. So you kind of have to go through that process of whatever, or I go through that process, whatever I'm working with that guy on. Um, but when it comes to powerful, twitchy athletes who can also be tense, um, that's kind of, you look at how they're using the ground and then tension up top. Gotcha. That's um, cool. But I, I like, I like what you said. I, and I think that's a fair, fair assessment of, and I'd say that about a lot of guys too. Is, so the football side of it is over here. But if there's any any concerns or issues or things that I that I, I you know come to my attention on the guy side of it, well, I want to see how success and the failure, which are both mm-hmm. inevitable, yeah, are going to influence that. Yeah, because however you are in an interview is is one piece of data. That yes. doesn't mean that's how you're going to be when you play. Maybe you're way better than that. Maybe you're way worse than that. Yeah. So uh, I, I think that's uh, a fair thing for for Tennessee to look at. Yeah, and I think to that point too, Jordan, I think your play on the field trumps everything, right? I think if you're – there's there's been guys in this league before who may not be the best locker room guy. I know there can be a few names. I won't name names, but 
if you can play, you can show you're tough on the field, you can execute on the field, you can put your team in position to win. I think yeah. your play on the field trumps everything on that. Yeah. On that. Uh, we're going to go State of the Union of quarterbacks right now, and then we'll get you out of here quick. Dan, you're a busy guy. But <laughs> this, I saw this stat today, pretty crazy stat, that 10 with Tommy DeVito – slated to start this weekend there's yeah. been 10 rookie quarterbacks to already start this season which is an insane insane number halfway through the season i remember yeah. my year was 2018 and i think six rookies started total the entire year 47 quarterbacks in all um people around the league the fan sentiment has really been that quarterback play has been down this year i don't know if i necessarily agree with that but that's kind of the sentiment around fans and around football yeah. right now overall just from a from a quarterback play standpoint, from a decision-making, from an execution standpoint, how do you think the quarterback position is panning out right now? Uh, well, it's, it's unquestionably the most talented quarterbacking you know, environment that the NFL has ever had. I don't think quarterback play is down solo. I think quarterback play is being affected by bad and lazy coaching. Um, mm. We're in an era in the NFL right now. It's a little bit like kind of when Jordan and I were getting into it. We're defenses are playing with coverage first like they are saying there's no way that we can stop you guys you're far too talented so we're going to get you to play in a way that you don't want to and so and, and this is probably two or three years in the making and we're seeing it more and more and more we're seeing more coverage umbrella coverage we're seeing more simulated pressures so and and guys know pressure and answers to pressures young quarterbacks know no pressure blitzes and the answer to the blitzes or how to fix them way less than they ever have. A couple of reasons why they don't see it a lot in college because college coaches just want to get as many snaps as possible. So they don't teach them this stuff. Um, I think the second thing is teams defensively are trying to, again, build that umbrella to not allow the big pass play. They're trying to show all these different simulated pressures to, if we can't, the quarterback's too talented. If we can't get to the quarterback, maybe we can get to the left guard, or maybe we could, you know, get to the tailback and confuse those guys, and then they get the free runners. They can't be nearly as physical with wide receivers because they're not playing man as much. So they're throwing off the timing by confusing everybody. So I think that's playing its part. Um, I think the RPO made coaches lazy uh, and bad because the RPO for a while was an indefensible play and the coaches didn't no longer had to make the perfect play call. Um, I think they had to say, well, here's an RPO and there's answers everywhere. So just make the right decision. Yeah. Um, and I think the, the hard part is, and Kyle, I would say I, I see a little bit of in Buffalo. Um, if I'm just being transparent, is like teams are saying, Josh, you're so good. We're, we're playing this way. And my philosophy is if you continue to play in an offensive way where like you oblige to that, the defense wins. Yeah. You have to at some point go to the defense and say, you're not allowed, you're not going to be able to play that way. Like you got to play the way that you don't want. And so that does mean a little bit more under center. That does mean a little bit more play action. That does mean a little bit more run the football. So it makes it a little bit easier on quarterbacks because it's hard to just dink and dunk your way down the field for people like us. So really, yeah. I can't imagine how hard it is to dink and dunk your way downfield when you know you're the best player on the field and just ridiculously yeah. talented. So um, I think coaching needs to be a, a little bit more at the center point than the player. I 
I completely agree with the coverage standpoint too. I think when you look around the league, and I think that's something that no one watching the casual fan watching the game has no clue that Hawk three was the top coverage for five years. And now it's all the Fangio too high, keep everything in front of you stuff. Right. And so the, the coverage and what the coverage is asking you to do to dink and dunk down the field. And it's a conversation around the league in every quarterback room, right? You, you go against the team, like even the Broncos that we're going to face this week or, or a team like the dolphins, right? They're going to play coverage and they're going to ask you to dink and dunk it. You got to be disciplined enough to do it. It's going to be one of those games, right? Yeah. And Jordan, you can probably speak on the coaching better than I can, but um, the RPO is a super interesting conversation. I think they've gotten way better at playing RPOs too right now. I think mm -hmm. when you see a lot of the too high stuff, right? Too high in RPOs, right? Let's just hand the ball off. But now teams are spiking ends and putting nickels in the run fit and, you know, you want to throw that bubble, but the nickel is going to stay out there until he sees you hand it off, and then he's going to get in the run fit. And so your RPO is screwed at that point. I think yeah. I, I love everything you had to say about that. I think it's so much deeper than just quarterback play not being good. Yeah. Yeah, and if you look at the evolution of a young quarterback, so let's say a five-star, highly recruited kid who's choosing between this, a bunch of different options uh, in college, um, the way you become that is by making plays right? Nobody's like manages the game really well and gets five stars sure. and gets invited to the 11. Okay. So you are sure. a playmaker. Then you go to college and playmaking because NIL and because Heisman odds and because, you know, it, and it's rewarded and it's exciting and fun. You, you're still a playmaker and you're starting to learn how to distribute the ball and put the ball in play. So you got playmaking, you got putting the ball in play. But then when you get to the NFL and, and when you get drafted, you have, you're looked at as both. You can't just be a playmaker and go high. Right. Correct. And in fact, any knocks that will be on a Caleb Williams will be on the amount of times that he could have just put it in play, but instead set up the defensive end, bailed, got out of there, and then ripped a friggin' dime across his body, right? Yeah. And so, but you get to the NFL, you have to learn, you have to be able to put the ball in play. Correct. And if you have the ability to make a play, right? I think earlier you, you had said escape or create, right? If yes. you have the ability to create, then you can do it. But if you're just a playmaker, you can't play on Sundays. Correct. And so through that evolution, and I honestly think it's the same thing with point guards. I mean, Steph Curry sure. led all of college basketball in three-point attempts at Davidson, right? But there's games now where he'll win because he's got 14 assists and a handful of steals, yeah. and everyone else scored that night, yeah. right? And so Mahomes is another example. Mahomes and Curry have, a, from this take, Mahomes and Curry have mirrored each other. Yeah. Mahomes only made plays in college. I'm one of the few people that went to a couple of his games and watched him a ton. And because they got, they'd score 42 points and lose yeah. <laughs> at Texas Tech. Yeah. And he's learned how to distribute the ball. And so I think in that evolution of these quarterbacks, uh, a lot of times the coaching doesn't, or there's so much turnover, right? Sam Darnold's on his fifth coordinator, yeah. sixth yeah. coordinator, so much turnover um, and around them that they, they don't, the growth and the understanding of how to distribute that is not, does not keep up with the pace of their need to just be able to distribute the football and put it. Yeah. Place. And like the connectivity of it, I think is a little bit lost as well, because to your point, so many young guys are so used to making plays and creating big plays. You mm -hmm. create way more big plays in college than you can in the NFL, obviously the talent. Right. And so, you know, like the connectivity of a, okay, it's first and 10 and this place stinks. So I got to get it to second and seven and then second and seven and take it to, instead of taking the sack, uh, I got a pressure and it's unblocked. I'm throwing it away. It's third and seven. And it's a punt. Well, great. We punt. But instead of that 
punt getting down to the you know 30 yard line because I took a sack now it's at the 40 yard line and then all of a sudden the, the other team has 40 yards less to go or 20 yards so like the, the connectivity of this all the I call it like hidden yardage at times like the yeah. hidden yardage that sometimes uh, so I, I, I think it I, I think like if I was going man where do the quarterbacks rank on it it's it's, it's probably like fourth or fifth on the list when it comes to like what's really going on uh, when it comes to like offensive and quarterback performance. Yeah. Well, last thing here, um, we'll get you going. So we have something we do called QB to QB. Our last guest, they don't always know who the next guest is, but our last guest, we asked him a question for our next guest. Uh, and so I've got like a question. That. This is from Jalen Milrow, uh, who is one to watch, man. Uh, yeah, super, super impressive. Um, and so his question was, and he didn't know it was you, uh, but what advice would you give to a college QB trying to make it at the next level? Mm. It's a great question. I think that <clears throat> number one, you have to be very honest about what your flaws are and you have to attack your flaws. I, I say this all the time and you guys obviously experienced it as well with me. Like most guys that go to the NFL don't not make it because they're not talented enough. Most guys. Most guys make it because they have a flaw or two or three that they just never fix. They never get they, they never get rid of, whether it's a, a hitch in your throw, um, poor footwork, um, un, un, lack of understanding of coverage, you know, inability to change the trajectory of a throw. And I think the, the more that you're honest about it and being like, I'm not good at this, and to make it, I, I've got to fix this or refine it or improve it, I think the more that you could be transparent about about that with yourself, the better you have of, of like making it and then hanging in and building a career. I love that. Cause I just think that you just described Jalen hurts. I think that's his superpower is that he fix things, fixes things. It's going back to, I've known him since high school. He just fixes things. He's not very good at hundred um, percent. Right on. All right. So uh, what would your question be? And I, we don't know who it's going to be. Yeah. Um, um, my question would be, if you had to pick three things that a quarterback needs to play at a high level, I don't care what level, but at a high level, what are those three things, whether they're physical or non-physical? That's a great question, and I am fired up to ask somebody. Well, Dan Orlovsky, um, I, when I was young, I when I started paying attention to the NFL – I tuned in every week to see what Sean Salisbury had to say. Yeah. I didn't, couldn't name any teams he was on. I didn't know how many years he played, but he was great. Yeah. And then that became Trent Dilfer, who don't remember all the teams. And I go way back with TD, but I don't know everything about his career, but he was the best on TV. Uh, and you have filled right into that spot. I think mm. you're the best on TV. Uh, the amount of times I disagree with you is a very, very short list. And we're all opinionators and we all have opinions on yeah. everybody, everything. Uh, but I think you're spot on. I appreciate you taking some time to join us in the QB room. You are officially a roomie, by the way. That's a, uh, I that's love a it. Deal. I appreciate you boys, man. You guys are good dudes. Appreciate you, man. And, uh, wow. it was fun. Last thing I'll leave you guys with is, uh, Buffalo. Where's the drink though? Oh you yeah. Do a Left false hand. call with no drink here, man. <laughs> Can we There's live in the world where that. you have one? Can you live yeah. in the world where you have one? I wish I did right now. It's a Wednesday though. <laughs> I love it's it. It's a crazy, but true story.